27 minutes to 5 o'clock on SF5. The head of Metropolitan's new business focused on financial solutions for younger clients. About um, We're talking about a piece that uh, Bellis Hickman wrote recently that looks at uh, extensive research that was done on the youth of today, which he terms uh, Afri, Afri, <laughs> Afrilenials. Tell you now, questions whether we are completely or we've, we've completely misunderstood this group of people to be a homogeneous crowd with a penchant for a digital lifestyle over their least liked word and activity. A word called adulting. I've never heard of a term like that before, Kabo, until today. But we live and learn. Joining us on the line, uh, Benice Hickman. Benice, happy Monday. Thank you for waking up so early to join us. How are you, Mum? I'm very good, and you? Thank you so much for having me. Gee, that title, Afrilenials, man. <laughs> I had a number of ideas in my head, but I won't share them because you love until we're done with the show. <laughs> How did you coin this, this term? So I think, it, look, it's just a nickname, but I think it was important for us to differentiate our, our younger group of people from their Western counterparts, because in looking at the younger people in South Africa, while there's a lot of research on millennials, we found that it can't just be extrapolated onto the South African youth. We've got some very unique um, dynamics in our society, so we felt that they probably deserved the name of their own. Wow. And then adulting? So adulting is actually not our term. It's a term that we got from the, you know, the community that we studied. So adulting can basically cover um, just about anything, but it seems to have a specific reference to the use of money and having to take accountability for financial situations and financial futures. Sure. Your research... For me, it was a bit mind-blowing, uh, looking, uh, looking at the findings. What, what, what initiated this research, though? So we noticed as Metropolitan, I mean, we're a company, we've been around forever. Um, you know, we've got a lot of clients that support us, but we started to notice in our data that we seem to be missing um, the younger generation. And so we felt it's important and part of our mandate to serve South Africans holistically. Um, And we were curious to find out why we were missing um, this specific demographic. So our go-to position is always to seek first to understand. And thus we went to market to say why, you know, what is it about a younger consumer that we're actually not understanding so that we can improve our offering? I always found that younger people are kind of difficult to understand for you it must have been a moving target it definitely was i think the trick is to not um to to be comfortable to be surprised and to expect the unexpected because when you think you know then you find out that you don't so our approach while we're very mindful of our duty to provide financial education we do find that our clients also spend um you know if we listen to them carefully they can also educate us a lot True that, very true. Um, your findings, I mean, the, the top five things that you found uh, that, that were surprising, if I may. Sure. So I think the first one is that, like I mentioned, there is a lot of research on millennials. If you Google, you'll find reams and reams coming up. But 
With the first thing that we found is that our our youth are not exactly like their Western counterparts. Um, there are certain dynamics in our society that manifest in our youth. So maybe to extrapolate on that a little bit, um, what we find in the Western millennial is that there is a fierce sense of autonomy, seeking emancipation, individualism, whereas that's not that prevalent in our South African youth. So I think that there are a lot of normative values in South Africa around, you know, family, collectivism, the respect for elders, um, responsibility to youngers that actually make our younger community more anchored in their culture and in their families than their Western counterparts. Um, so quite pleasing to see. Um, other things that we noticed is, look, our, our younger community is as tech-savvy as any other community, but there's a high level of comfort with the duality, you know, of traditional values, um, traditional rituals, but then just tech-enabling all of them. Um, the other thing that we found, and I'm very happy to see that it hasn't disappeared, is that there is a still almost a DNA of entrepreneurship. So you'll find that a lot of young people, while they might have an anchor job, if we're lucky, we know that our unemployment stats in South Africa are terrible. But even if a young person has an anchor job, there's a high prevalence of, you know, side gigging or side hustle. Some young people are juggling three, four different jobs. Um, so a lot of it, that is born out of necessity, but also there is this entrepreneurial spirit. Um, I'm not sure if I've covered five, but let me pause there for now. Yeah, the, the, this, this has been very busy. It, 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 also, I, I liked the idea of, uh, you know, brand loyalty, and I was pleasantly surprised. I, don't, I know I'm going to get into trouble for this. Things about empathy, family orientation, because, you know, one got to a point where, where, where one thought young people just want to break free, go out there, have fun, and certain things they'll see them later. I think that is true. I think that's the nature of any young person is to embrace life, you know, when you're when you're at your peak and at your prime and at your maximum energy levels. But there is a sense of responsibility. Um, I've heard it explained in terms of like black packs, um, sandwich generation. And I personally I don't I don't really like those terms because it makes it, it, it amplifies the burden. But it ignores the complexity of love, respect, accountability that comes with something like that. So I think our young people struggle with this deep sense of, you know, family values plus their individuality. And I think that's what they're making sense of the most is, is it okay to be young and carefree and, you know, at the pinnacle of your life? while still maintaining a sense of accountability and responsibility and um, as I say, love to the people that you have to care for. Intel, obviously, young people sometimes, because they want to go and enjoy life, um, certain important decisions tend to be delayed. Um, life insurance, um, amassing uh, assets and things like that. It's almost like those are things of a particular age as opposed to starting early. Do you, do you find that? So we do. Um and I suppose it makes sense because when you're young, you're worried about living. You're not so worried about dying. 
So what we found is that it is important for financial products to adapt. Um, so the, you know, the younger generation are dealing with what they're dealing with now. The world is complicated. There's a lot that has to be taken care of. And unfortunately, in our society, you know, in a lot of cases, money is not abundant. So one does tend to prioritize the things that are more, more important in the now than in the future. Unfortunately, what happens is that you miss out on the miracles of compound interest and those types of things if you leave, you know, your savings too late and so forth. So I think that's what we needed to understand is how do we build products that are actually more adaptable, that understand how do I take care of what's going on today, but also make sure that money works hard and starts working for tomorrow's needs as well. Well, these are the uncomfortable questions that young people had to answer because I, I can just see them <laughs> moving in their seats as you talk. So I must, the thing that really, really, um, I suppose, was heartwarming for us was the honesty and authenticity in which our respondents actually replied to these types of questions. So, you know, they were honest and they were going, look, this is terrifying. This is really, really scary for us. We're, you know, it's not that we're not aware. And I think that's where the term adulting came from. There isn't a lack of awareness that, you know, the future is important and things need to be done. Um, I think what there was, though, was a receptiveness to perhaps some help and guidance, but not to parenting, um, you know, or paternalistic. I think our young people do want to be in the driving seat of their own life, and we have a duty to partner them rather than parent them. Yeah. So, when you got all this data in and you've sifted through, has it made it easy for you to tailor-make products that are pro-young people who are going to be your clients for the longest time and generate a lot of revenue and revenue for themselves, i.e., you know, creating the kind of products that are fitting for them and are good business for you? So I must admit, that's a journey. Um, our approach is to take what we've heard, take those insights, and to put something, you know, responsive but simple out there. Our preferred approach is for our clients to help us co-create and evolve these solutions. So as we put something out there, and um, you know, research is not a one-off thing. You have to remain listening. You have to remain in your community. So what we're most excited about is that it will get an offering out there that hopefully caters for the needs that has been expressed, but we'll keep on evolving it. Um, as the world changes, we have to be responsible and uh, responsive and adaptive as well. And I think that's how we've set this business up, is to be able to listen, to learn, and respond really, really quickly. Given the South African uh, demographics and, you know, different levels of education, I mean, you have four major defined demographics. Is, is the picture the same? So, it's funny, when you look at the quantitative data, um, our young segment, you know, is definitely not homogeneous. So it's very difficult for me to put them in a box and say all young people think and behave like this. They don't. In fact, one of the things that we notice is it's probably the most diverse segment in terms of thoughts, patterns, behaviors, and so forth. And it's not static either. You know, it's not stuck in time. I'm pretty sure if we did the same quantitative analysis next year, we would find new patterns of behavior, um, new differences. 
So I think that what we are seeing is while we see some mirroring of, you know, the traditional kind of economic boundaries that we see in South Africa, we also see a lot of difference. And I think that's what gives me hope is I think that we've got a generation that given given a bit of help and support could actually reframe the way that South Africa operates. I, I wonder as well if uh, our youth are brand loyal now, what, what you find, because obviously they have access to information much faster than their parents and all of that, and they can process it quickly and make decisions. From a brand perspective as a company, I'm, I'm wondering if uh, that is not going to be an interesting thing to watch. If we're expecting loyalty the way it was framed, you know, in older generations, we're going to be disappointed. But like you mentioned, I think if you seek to, if we really seek to understand this, this concept of processing information was really fascinating to us. And I suppose it's rooted in the theory of economics of supply and demand is, uh, you know, the older generations, Gen X, baby boomers, when, when in growing up in that era, information was incredibly scarce. So education was difficult to come by and expensive. Um, I suppose it is today as well. But the way that you got information is you went to a library or you had to buy a book. So the way that the you know, older generation grew up processing information was to kind of gather as much as you could as soon as you had your hands on it, hoard it, and then process it almost like running a marathon. So brought up to make long-term sustainable decisions. Now, if you flip the, you know, that economic paradigm, um, the information is abundant. You can get anything that you want to know on the internet, and data, luckily for us, is getting cheaper and cheaper. So the way the younger generations process information is in bite-sized chunks, and they're kind of trawling through it all the time, making rapid-fire decisions. So it's not that they are not loyal. It's just that as new information comes to mind, they'll process it and they'll make the decision that's most applicable to that information. Um, I think when the generations learn to leverage off each other, so you know the younger generation's ability to, to plow through reams and reams of data and make very quick decisions, the older generation's ability to build longer-term relationships you know, and model the future, I think there would be a winning partnership. Um, I think winning partnerships are the new definition of loyalty. If we can find each other and leverage each other's generational strengths, then I think that that would be a win-win relationship. That's brilliant because uh, obviously the older generations maybe have a way that is tried and tested and uh, the younger generation are dealing with uh, uh, the world that is changing so rapidly. COVID-19 today is influencing tomorrow's decisions uh, that you need to be planning on. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm hoping as well that, uh, you know, older generation, younger generation tend to talk about these things. Obviously, the decision will rest with the younger people based on what they've gleaned from their elders and what is presented to them going forward. I think that's what makes South Africa quite fortunate is our younger generation are still prepared to listen to the older generation and yes. um, learn, you know, and respect that knowledge. Whereas, as I say, in the West, you find a lot more striving for autonomy. I think our duty to make this partnership work is for us to also listen. 
And, you know, if we can listen and uh, listen to what our younger community has to say and respect that as well, then I think that we would build the foundations for an excellent society. I think you, you guys are ready to create those products if they're not out already or mm-hmm. almost at, at completion. So we've just started. We've got a few products out. Um, you know, so our website is up and in a week or two, we'll be doing our first online solution. Um, we're also selling our, you know, traditional metropolitan products that have been modified for younger audiences through chatbots and so forth. So we're excited about the future. Um, we're grateful for the clients that are already supporting us and hope to get a lot more. Interesting stuff. Well, Denise, we will watch this space. I, I will talk to young people in my area uh, and, and see what it is that they know and what they're doing about it. And if uh, they agree to be Afrilenials, because it, was, it sounds like something that is coming in the future that you must get ready for now. And I've got a few with me here. <laughs> <laughs> Madame, thank you ever so much and the best of luck to you. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Lovely. Thank you. That's uh, the head of a new business at Metropolitan, uh, Bernice Hickman, talking about uh, Afrolenials, adulting, and uh, yeah, the research they conducted. Interesting um, answers they got. Eh? Interesting information. Information that I still have to get my head around. Because what I'm exposed to and what this research has brought out has got me a little confused. I, I need to revisit something. I need to, uh, when we are able to gather, you know, more than 50 people, these are the conversations we should have in our community spaces. How young people can say for tomorrow. Otherwise, if young people don't say for tomorrow, we're going to leech off you forever. So you better save enough money so that we don't put a stress and a strain on you as a young person having to support us. So you better save plenty, plenty, not a little bit, lots of the change you got to save.